All right, everybody, welcome back to another week of Ghost in the Scene, your only certified friendly, ghost-friendly podcast. I'm your host, Gio Chumpatazzi, and I am back with my co-host, Rob Thomas. How's it going, Rob? Oh, Gio, it is another wild week out there. We hope that all of our listeners are staying safe. You know, I'm thinking mostly about you um, out there, especially out in Tejas. I know that you might know it as Texas. Um, and, you know, I think that's a little bit of a spell that that state has. Mm. Like, they, you don't actually pronounce the X. It's like a silent letter. Um, you know, X marks the spot. Uh, it's a cross laid down on its side. There's a lot of, you know, kind of magic in Texas that gets overlooked a lot, a lot of the time pirate kind of stuff too right i mean x marks a spot it could be a lot of booty in texas is all is all i'm saying allegedly yeah um texas is is known for its booty you know i mean it's so interesting you say about you know pronouncing of of words and and such because i've always thought the way that the former governor of california used to say california had a specific kind of spell like connotation california the way he pronounced it and i almost scared myself saying that because it sounds so spell like when i say it and i thought that was one of his major reasons why he actually won the governorship is just by the repeating of that phrase he made it so and i mean that's just an example of you know magical thinking and you know making your magical dreams a reality as a as a former weightlifter from austria it's it's possible to use magical thinking to become you know the third largest economy head of the congress or head of you know he was in the white house in santa barbara i believe yes the the famous the famous um white house of santa barbara is actually where the governor uh ruled and he would lift, he would just like deadlift gold, uh, which, which lifted the economy um, out yes. of its rut for, for California. Yes. Um, so yeah, little known, very little known history that often gets overlooked. Um, but, you know, there's history happening right now. I hope you all are, like I said, staying safe. Um, you know, it's a lonely time. So I think this is a good time to conjure spirits. Mm. um even though they're see-through i you know and there's more studies to be done but i believe they can cause some insulation yes if you get enough of them if you conjure enough spirits so keep your spirits close to you and they will help you through this hard time and 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 know that we are trying to cast our our magic for all the good people of tejas you know i would this is a perfect time to contact your local palm reader your local fortune teller and get them to teach you heat spells because they have such things as heat spells. You know, people pay up the nose for, you know, these commodities, these, these things that they've sold us that we believe that we need. Not saying that we don't need, you know, gas and water and electricity, but there are heat spells. And that is alternative to what, you know, people sell. I mean, of course, you'd have to pay your palm reader. You, you don't, you don't want to to step them on on something like that, or else they might give you a spell that's too hot or not hot enough. You want the Goldilocks heat spell, of course. So get creative. 
you know, burn a, I mean, because this, this might be a little creative, burn a Bible, burn a Bible. And, you know, the thing is, sometimes when you inhale the smoke from a burned Bible, you'll get a different combination of passages lodged in your brain at once. Because, the, you know, the ink, once it becomes ash, it just mixes. So you might actually get the true word of, of the higher being of God. Who knows? I mean, or you might get sent straight to hell. But, you know, that's, that's some central heating for you as well. You're hot either way. Hot with knowledge, hot in hell. Who can tell the difference these days? I don't want to get political. I, I don't want to get political. But uh, Beto O'Rourke. He's in Texas, Tejas. He's a handsome guy, um, and he seems like he's going to get the job done. I saw his his interview in, in Vanity Fair about a year year and a half ago, how he was going to lead the the country, and I think in the article he says Texas is a cool place, which I think predicted this whole thing. So I believe you know you're in the capable hands of Beto uh, O'Rourke. And that he's gonna he's gonna lead you through this because he predicted this all that time ago, talking about how cool Texas was. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I think there's gonna be some investigations done under this, because you know, do you, I mean, maybe he's creating this catastrophe to make himself look good as well, and that that'd be very unscrupulous and a very poor use of magic and the paranormal. So, um. You, we might have to dust off our paranormal legal papers. I know you're sitting in our in our office. I'm in the I'm office. I'm sure the, the phone has been ringing off the hook today. I to, There's yeah, just so many off. paranormal cases. It, it goes to show you that you know uh, paranormal crime never sleeps, and that in fact, we, we, let's do a quick paranormal legal meeting because I, I think you and I, and of course Mr. Kruger in our dreams later will convene. And we can talk about some of the cases that are happening. We're going to do a little pro bono work for you guys. Everybody knows we just informed you about Beto and his prediction. But I think something else that's been happening on the East Coast, Andrew Cuomo, this guy, uh, the fall from grace. And I think it all started when they gave him the Emmy. When, when you give somebody the Emmy, now you have Hollywood on your back they come like scavengers for your bones not to say that what he did is excusable it is inexcusable and let's just get to the cut to the chafe cut to the chase let's cut the chaff he flubbed some numbers to make his death count smaller than it was basically that's ghost erasure in the in paranormal legal terms, we're not talking about legal terms. We're not talking about and you know, we're not involved in the court of law of man. We're in the court of ghost. And so that is ghost erasure. He can be tried for up to a billion lifetimes if convicted. Rob, what do you what do you suggest or what are some of your opinions on the case if you were his paranormal legal representative? How do you think we would go about this? Well, I mean, first off, you know, he better hope that those nipple rings are pure silver. Because otherwise, he's he's coming to, it's you know, it's coming for him. 
and by it, it's I mean everything, you know. Mm-hmm. The, the wolf of Wall the, Street. Those those, wolf, those wolves in Wall Street are gonna be scratching at his door, um, because this is a, this is a very serious crime. You know, it's the the ghost world uh, really takes their numbers seriously. Yeah. Uh, and to to miscount to deliberately try to fool them uh, is is not good. So I. Like I said, I, I hope he's trying to get, take certain precautions. Obviously, um, you know, everyone has their day in, in ghost court. Yes. Um, so we can't really say anything too de- definitively. Uh, so, yeah, um, those better be sterling silver Yeah. in his nips. It's true. And, you know, that's such a good point because we forget about the cryptozoological court that is involved in paranormal legal activities i mean when we have court you have bigfoot you have nessie as the judge sometimes when when they feel like it and of course then you have regular ghosts because this is a court of ghosts but like you said you know he has a way out of this but he needs to tread very carefully like we said in the court of man that's that's up to them to to prosecute to to try the case but he will have his day, and we are available. Like we said, we are paranormal legals. We are not going to immediately tell anybody whether we think they are guilty or not guilty. That's not our, our job. Our job is to, to plead whether the case has grounds, whether we have grounds to dismiss. And, and, and it's a chess game, really. So we're not going to give away all of our chips. So if, if Mr. Cuomo wants to come our way and get some more consultation. Um, we are happily obliged to answer his phone calls and I will answer his call. Um, and Beto, that also goes out to you. I know you might, we might've blown up your spot. And if you want a PR bump, come to us. We could talk to you about that. So for clarity, right? Like if, yes. if we're off the mark here, please let us know if, you know, this is what our, our, the show is about. It's about truth. And if you feel like the truth is not getting out the way that it should, then we need to have a conversation about that. Absolutely. You know, we are open to communication with everybody and all, including ghosts, including crypto, including Bitcoin, including anything. So, you know, as long as you have a voice, we're, we're, lis- we're available to listen to you. But that's going to be for another day, right? We're not on the clock this, this, this was a pro bono little section, a little taste test that we gave you. We actually have something that we've been working on all week. And this is not have, have anything to do with the uh, paranormal legal world. This is straight up investigation. This is our bread and butter. For those of you that have been listening to Ghost in the Scene for as many years as we've been putting this out, you know that we got started investigating film, the moving pictures, where you know man has committed himself to eternity. And what we forget is that there are ghosts behind the scenes, there are ghosts in the scenes. And today we are going to give you the classic example of the investigation of a film that shows you that the paranormal does exist. This is one of those episodes 
that you can show to any of your friends if they say, oh, ghosts aren't real. Like, yeah, sure. I believed about it when I was a kid. Not anymore. This is going to be for them. I know for you that is already is a believer, listening to us is like listening to like your grandma, your grandpa. And it's like, yeah, mo- yeah, grandma, yeah, grandpa, sure, you know, World War II was crazy, okay. But for somebody that's never heard about World War II, it, when you hear about the, the bombs and all of the, the parties they used to have and, and the food and the buffets at World War II, then the awe in their eyes for the first time, it, it's magical. So this is for them. So show, show your, your disbelievers this show. And it will all come into place. They're going to realize I'm such an idiot for not believing in ghosts. But they won't feel bad about it. So, Rob, we did a whole weeks-long investigation into a movie that has shooken the world to its core. This is one of the first horror international films to be nominated for a Golden Globe. La Llorona meaning the crying woman. This is historic. And it's not only historic for, you know, on on its face. We wouldn't talk about it if it was just historic on its face. This is historic in the paranormal sense. This is another echelon of paranormal activity. So let's get into it. La Llorona. This movie is based on folk- folklore, right? Based on 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 an on a, on a old wives' tale. So, uh, have you heard about the story? You know, I, I have. Uh, in in studying the paranormal um, across many cultures, you know, this this is one of the big ones that comes up. Uh, the crying the crying woman. Um, you know, of course, it's not a story that I grew up with personally. Uh, Gio, did did you hear of La Llorona when you were? Absolutely. Uh, a little boy. Yes. Now, uh, I, I had a few other people that my, my grandparents, my grandma used to tell me, El Señor de la Canasta, and he's it's, it's the man of the basket. And, you know, he used to pick up little children if they were being bad in his basket, and then he would kill them or something. Basically, he would take them away. I'm not sure what would happen. But La Llorona for sure would kill people. She was a murderer. The story, I mean, uh, I'll paraphrase it. Woman, you know, goes bananas, kills her kids. She's in, 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 in a manic episode. I forget if she's angry at her husband or something, but basically she murders and drowns her children. And then, you know, drowns herself. And she's dead. And it's a, it's a big tragedy, right? Well, her ghost is so attached to that moment, to that manic episode, that it recreates that episode with other people. And so people are said to have heard a a woman crying out for her children. You know, mis niños, mis niños, calling out in, in the night. And people that get close, as they approach, they see this woman crying. And when they get close enough, they realize they're near a body of water and she will grab them and then attempt to drown them. So 
it's terrifying. It's one of those things that they tell you as a kid that just, you know, like you can't go to sleep and you think you, you see her and you think you hear people crying in the night and it's got to be her. And sometimes it is. It's never happened to me, but I've had plenty of people in my life tell me they've seen La Llorona. Wow. And they made it, I mean, obviously they made it away from her. So it's not, you know, you're, you're not completely doomed if you run into La Llorona. How did they get away? Well, usually they're on the second story of a house, so they can't be drowned. And usually, usually most of my friends who have had this are leashed. They, mm. they have leashes when they sleep, which is something that I think is culturally uh, the next big thing. You know, people say that wearing socks in your sleep well, is going to be the next big thing. I think leashes in our sleep is, you know, if, if, if I were to be an investor, I start investing in, in, in sleeping leashes. But that's one of the smart things about being, you know, a child that grows up in a culture that way is that we are taught that, you know, walking away in our sleep is not only a possibility, but it's, it's expected. And so getting taken by a supernatural being is something that is kind of drilled into us. And I, I didn't honestly think about it until I started doing this research, just how prepared, you know, the culture makes you in getting yourself ready for the paranormal and interacting with them. And I think the leash is, is the least of it because just being you know, aware of the story. Because like you said, this is, this is a story that you kind of heard in passing, but you know, when it's told to you at, right before you go to sleep, it, it's, it's a different kind of thing. It's almost like a, a way that they train you to be aware of the paranormal at a young age. So the La Llorona has, has been involved in not only my life, but in, in the lives of many possibly killing many, uh, countless thousands, millions of people drowned. I, I'm not sure. And this could be one of those stories of a notorious serial killer that has just been on the loose as, as a ghost because ghosts can be serial killers too. I think the movie The Frighteners with Michael J. Fox proved that, you know, there can be ghost serial killers. And so... La Llorona is rife for people to make movies about. So 2019 probably wasn't the first time they made a movie about her, but this is the first time it's been nominated, which is why to us it's so important. Because like we said, with that nomination, just like with The Governor, you get the attention of Hollywood. Not only the Hollywood, you know, love letters that people write to you not only you know the hollywood foreign press the hollywood vampires and they start coming for your blood so we had to look into it la llorona there has to be more than just a horror movie because there always is more and the more you dig the more you realize under dirt is just more dirt and that's so profound when you really think about it, Rob. Under dirt, it's just more dirt. 
So I what? Mean, do, yeah. Go ahead. This I I was just gonna say. I find our show to be it's just we have a dirty show, right? Because we just I feel like that is our experience. The more we we broadcast and the more that we find is just the more that we realize that there is underneath the surface right when we think that we've found it all it just keeps on coming and i just want to make the point of how huge it is for the paranormal activity to have this character from folklore from from the paranormal activity make it to finally make it to the big stage you know this is like Bigfoot making it to the Oscars. It's huge. I mean, I think that's right around the corner. You know, this opens up the door. Absolutely. Nessie's going to get get a Grammy. And I think that there there's a possibility that we could have like a Count Dracula hosting the Golden Globes next year when Amy Poehler and Tina Fey finally step down from the mantle. I mean, there are plenty of opportunities for the paranormal world to be involved casper from the caspers could you know I, I don't want him to be taken over by the oscars no way but i mean maybe he can be a correspondent on the red carpet and in that way we kind of bridge the gap a little bit there are plenty of things that could happen in the future and when we started looking to to la llorona we realized it's not uh, an island it is not a singular movie or a singular tale it in fact is a part of a lineage of film and this story it has been co-opted has been not not taken from its original context but almost like given a deeper layer of context as if something has been subliminally inserted into the movie into the story and now it is a spiritual part of another film trilogy. We're talking about La Llorona, The Crying Woman. There are, there's another movie that, that we want to bring up because you type in La Llorona and then you type in The Crying Woman. And then you type in The Crying Man and you get Cry Uncle. Cry Uncle. That's a movie. It's a whole family, I think, is, is our point, right? This exactly. Is not It's like, like anything that's traumatic. It's not ever held to a singular person. It takes a, it takes a village, as they say. And not the village people, because people get that confused all the time. I, I always used to say it takes a village people and then people had to correct me and that's it's not true it takes a village and not the movie the village by m night Shyamalan. and i used to say that too but what we're saying is it is a crying family and it is a movie of crying members of the family and so we have finally the crying woman aka the crying mother this is, of course, a story of a mother who kills her children. So she is, of course, a mother. Now, the crying father, as far as we know, has not been made. But that doesn't mean that you need a father to complete the, the, the thing because we have the crying 
Uncle, Cry Uncle, is a movie made in 1970. And of course, finally, our, our final piece of evidence, which for the listeners that are original listeners, your, your hair is going to just stand up on the back of your, your neck right now. The movie Cry Baby, starring Johnny Depp. Oof. Haven't heard that name in a while. I'm, I'm sorry. But yes, he is back. We must talk about him again. This is not a Depp step, but this is um, a precursor to a Depp step maybe. We, we, we might be doing a Depp step soon. So let's get into Cry Uncle first, because I think we want to save the, the bigger fish to fry you know, much later. Cry Uncle. How can we piece this with Johnny Depp? Where, where does this come into contact, right? I mean, for the a- average person, if you just see all these movies, La Llorona, Cry Uncle, Cry Baby, what's the connection? Well, other than the fact that we just told you it's a cry family, Let's talk about the fact that Cry Uncle was the start of what is now the Troma film legacy. I mean, this Troma Studios, if you guys don't know, was a film studio started in New Jersey around 1974. This movie, of course, came out in 1970, which means that the people who started the studio used the nest egg that they gained from the success of this film and created this studio, which means that this movie is the movie that launched a thousand titles. Titles like Poultry Geist, Night of the Living Chicken, uh, Surf Ninjas Must Die, or, or Surf Punks Must Die, uh, The Toxic Avenger, all kinds of movies that you've probably never heard of, probably never want to watch. But they exist. They are out there. They're horror movies, documentaries about real cryptids out there. You know, Frankenstein chickens and such. And we have this movie, Cry Uncle, as the start of it all. Now, like I said earlier, what is the connection between this and Johnny? We're going to have to play a little game of uh, seven degrees of separation between Johnny Depp and Troma. And honestly, I don't think it's going to take that long. Because if you remember, we did a movie recently that had Johnny Depp directed by a, a very special director that, I mean, I don't even think Johnny Depp was credited in these movies. Do you remember? Um, he was a detective. He was, he was like a French detective with a fake penis for a nose in the movie Yoga Hosers. And very famously. I mean, we did a whole expose on this when it came out. Um, it was, frankly, you know, pretty traumatic. I, I try not to think about that one very much uh, because it, there were some very dark energies on that film. Yes, they were bratwurst Nazis, uh, in this in the form of like uh, like Hitler or or some some old Nazi guy. Honestly, this was a movie made for trauma, and I think that's the kind of connection that I want to make. That 
Kevin Smith even was offered a role to direct the reboot of The Toxic Avenger. And the only reason why he refused was because they wanted um, to have blood sacrifices before every, every day, every shooting. And of course, we know that he's a vegan now. So he couldn't have that. Uh, and before, in his old contracts, he, he used to do that. Absolutely. But, you know, this, the clerk stays are, are long past, and he no longer does blood sacrifices. I mean, he does have a juicer on set. Like, he'll, he'll, he'll grind up some carrots, some celery, and pour a little bit of that. Right. Know, because you still need to have the ritual, but it was just something that could not be you know they, they couldn't come to terms with that in terms right tromo they they wanted tromo, a, yeah they wanted a real slaughter and he just said well i got some kale and a juicer and they kicked him out and as simple as that you know they have standards and and he has standards and they left on an amicable terms you know he's he kind of has uh, very positive words to say about trauma to say about and all the directors that he worked with them and all the studios and all the movies they made so we have the connection right there johnny depp being in the most trauma like movie that kevin smith ever made obviously inspired and he's in a movie called crybaby which is a campy you know 50s style movie the trauma movies were all 50s style campy movies as well i mean cry baby was directed by john waters who is king of camp so you can see the the relations here well and that's this is what we're saying it's a family i i also have been thinking joe of like it's like the pantheon of gods right yes. you got you got bigfoot up top with la llorona and her whole family that then branches off to all the trauma characters. Yes. You know, your punks and chickens and, and toxic. Toxics, yes. So and then you can see this family tree. The Harry and the Hendersons are on the other side, that other branch. And, you know, all the Bigfoot movies and, you know, the Beethoven movies, the dog movies, that's, those are actually cryptids that have been shrunken to look like dogs and that's really sad and and it's a tragedy is one of those movies that when you look back it's actually a sad movie but yes i mean yes yeah, so if you look at from the bigfoot side of the family tree you got the harry and the hendersons you got the beethoven movies Airbud. i mean you really think that was a dog playing basketball nope that was a a very short bigfoot i think we proved it so yeah just like you were saying and of course just to kind of na nail the the nail on the head here john waters water is haunted all water is haunted like 99.999 percent of water is completely haunted so a guy named john waters is basically named john haunted so our, our circle is now complete. We have now drawn a perfect circle that has connected every single dot that you thought was just like so left field, so right field, so here, so there. Turns out it's a perfect circle. And in fact, it's a pentagram. 
all those left turns, all those right turns were just those little corners that we had to hit. And we're back at the center and we're realizing that this is all a spell that we've been put under. Secret movie trilogies, secret relationships between films that have no connection in the public domain, that people don't realize are connected, are connected. And we are finally starting to unveil that movies that truly, I mean, have been decades separated are sequels, direct sequels, almost shot for shot remakes in some, in some cases. And I think it's one of these pandemics that are starting to appear that is only going to become more and more clear the more we look into it. And La Llorona is only the first movie. And like I said, you know, these copycats, Rob, you even mentioned, they made another La Llorona in the same year. And, you know, this is the more Hollywood version. Like you said, you know, the title La Llorona is a Guatemalan film. Uh, I think you said it was a foreign film, but it's a Guatemalan film. Of course. Um, oh, no, you did say, it. yeah, it's the first to be to, to be accepted by the Hollywood foreign press. Of course, Hollywood isn't going to sit on their hands on this material. So they come up with their own film, also in 2019, called The Curse of La Llorona. And, mm -hmm. and again, this is 2019. You know, math heads, you already crunched the numbers. Two, one, three, uh, nine is an upside down six. Wow. Three sixes. You know, this movie is an hour and 33 minutes long. That's 60 minutes and 33 minutes. Guys, we don't have to do the math for you, but please do it yourself because you will find the sixes everywhere. They'll always follow you especially when it's something that's cursed as a film about La Llorona. You know, and I think that they were trying to take the wind out of the sails of this other film. Right. Because they, they, they saw the power, you know, coming from, especially from, you know, the, the source culture of, of this folklore. I think they captured the real La Llorona. So Hollywood tried to get their their own La Llorona that my I, I don't think they got the real one Joe I'm gonna go up no. there. They, they hired an actor yeah that's where they got it wrong first off get a ghost come on have some real representation for once and I think the other thing they don't have for them is of course the strong lineage that the first movie has behind it in the sense that it is the direct sequel to John Waters crybaby I mean, this is right there. I mean, if you like, like we were saying, these movies have have other connections beyond what we see. It's like it's like an invisible spider web, and that invisible spider web makes it stronger, and that makes Hollywood the machine more. Uh, I would say more willing and more kind of like fast to act when it comes to trying to make copies of these movies. So I think them making the you know curse of la llorona is exact exactly what we want to see because that means that the power that is vested in this movie is real that it is actually something to be afraid of that it's something to be reckoned with because 
they're realizing just how closely connected to this Guatemalan film is to Johnny Depp. I mean, and we see this all the time. You know, Hollywood lists our ideas all the time because they know that we're right, but they try to package it in a Hollywood way to, to distract you, to obscure the truth, and to also just recognize the power that we have that, you know, this film, La Llorona, has. Absolutely. And, you know, just shout out to all the times we've you know been copied and never credited it's going to keep on happening and i think you know we should just just for future sake patent some some things i think we've made some very foolish mistakes when it comes to letting go a lot of our great ideas rob because you know i came up with uh, the flying car and and nobody believes me anymore i said it i was a little kid i think my first words were, were flying car I mean, yeah, I mean, totally. I, I mean, and I think that's why we're also now paranormal eagles. Yeah, we took the power back into our own hands. And I think that's an inspiring tale that we should give to other people. And I think that's the reason why you listen, of course, just because we're so inspiring. I mean, truly, our stories are like the stories of, you know, we're our own Davids in, in the David and Goliath kind of story of us versus Hollywood. And I think this investigation has just proven, just in general, how the deeper you look, the more complex things get. Like, like I said, you know, under dirt is just more dirt, but that dirt is no more or no less important. You know, it supports the dirt above it, and it supports it is it is supported by the dirt below it. And sifting through all of that takes care. It takes time. You get dirty. You know, you may not make all the friends along the way that you want to, but at the end of the day, you're coming out of it with true nuggets of truth. And I think we should dig, dig a lot deeper into this um, Guatemalan connection with Johnny Depp. He could have multiple estates there. Um, he could have an entire, you know, um, I would say underground colony. Of vampires there we, we honestly we don't know i've never been i don't know how how the vampires are in in in, in that area of the world you know it, it's might very have to sunny take a trip you know yeah that's true so look look out for a, a live in, in 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 the catacombs of, of guatemala ghost in the scene episode coming to you soon guys um but let's see any final words on la llorona rob Ah. Uh. Or just I the, mean, the, the it, depth it, in, in general. Right. I, there's, like we said, you know, it's it's a pentagram. There's a lot of turns, so it, it can be hard to find the center always on this. Um, but, you know, how, these work in interesting ways, right? Because you see, Crybaby was first. It was made in 1990. Yeah. So your expectations about time and about how things interact, you got to throw that out the window. Just mix it up in a blender because yes. ghosts don't function that way. You know, if you're saying like, wait a minute, if they're making a La Llorona in 2019, why is the crybaby from 1990 connected? Like how, how does that work? Simple mistake. It's a very simple mistake. And 
really, you know, once you know something is right, you know it's right. You know, and, and you know, the proof is in the pudding here. You know, you got cry baby, which has the crying mother, La Llorona. Yes. With cry uncle. Cry so uncle. There's a lot of, you know, especially in the paranormal world, the paranormal world does make strange bedfellows at times that at, at its surface doesn't seem like much. And I think it's a part, you know, for the longest time, there's been such animosity towards the paranormal that they've had to do things in a lot more hidden way. But my, I guess my big takeaway is what we said in the beginning, that this is, I think, you know, we're starting to open up a door to more paranormal acceptance. And I'm very excited to be with all of you, you know, all of you guys, gals, exes, wise, and, and with you, Geo. Mm-hmm. To be at the at the crest of this wave, to know that yeah. that that the truth is really going to come out, and there is going to be a moment. It's going to hit peak pop culture, where it's going to be people are going to try to co-opt this movement as well. So I want everyone to be aware of that as well, and know that as you're coming in on this crest, that just hold on to the truth of it. And hold on to the knowledge that you gain here, because when Hollywood gets involved, it's they're going to try to kick up a lot of dust in our faces. Wow, that's so true. You know, the paranormal is a lot like a roundabout, you know, especially when you kind of get focused on a certain subject and you don't know when to get out. You don't know what exit is your exit. You're just going in circles. And I mean, I've been in roundabouts that have just taken hours because I just don't know when to get out. When, when is my exit? And I think it's that, that issue of when you're in your own little circle, you get stuck almost in a perpetual cycle of, of that habit of, of whatever you're doing in your, your little niche, not realizing that if you just made one exit, you could find Bigfoot. You know, I think the issue that a lot of people have you're looking for ghosts and you miss Bigfoot or you're looking for Bigfoot and you miss ghosts. It's that whole idea that we're so focused on one thing that the entire world is happening around you and you just can't seem to grasp it because you're just so focused on that one thing. I think it's important to to focus on, on uncertain things sometimes, but then again, to step back you know, and, and to see the, the larger picture and to see that the Hollywood is, is going to, to make some changes and try to change the history of it is, is very important. And, and Rob, I, I thank you for that. And honestly, taking this back to these kind of investigations just makes me realize, you know, why we started in the first place, how, how gratifying it feels to get down to the truth and to ride this wave with you and with everybody uh, just feels so good, you know, to be back at the waters again the John Waters. So uh, hopefully everybody got something from this investigation. I'm sure if you were to watch these movies, you would get something completely different. And, and we encourage you to do that because, you know, your investigation is going to be different from ours. You know, we're not going to Google the same things. We're not going to consult our palm readers the same way. So, you know, do your own research too. And, and you come up with your own conclusions and hit us up, you know, a ghost of the scene at Twitter, ghost in the scene on TikTok, 
ghost in the meme with an underscore in between every word on Instagram. And let us know what you found in those movies, Cry Baby, Cry Uncle, and La Llorona. So I, th I think that's it. What, what do you think, Rob? Yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone just stay in the scene. Like we are always on the cutting edge of being connected to all of you. So stay tuned. We'll have more announcements as the year goes on and more ways to be connected with ghosts in the scene and more ways for you to share your tips and, you know, try to be also a little bit like John Waters and, and work with divine. Oh yes. Work with the divine. Perfect. Yeah. We love you guys. Stay extreme. Take care.